This is the Conduit Church Teaching Podcast. Thanks for joining us. It's our mission to be a conduit of Jesus to the community in front of us and the world around us, starting with the teaching of His Word. Enjoy the message. Thank you for being here this morning. Um, So uh, there's a lot of things I'd love to share with you. I'm going to kind of talk about my life and I don't speak that often here, but when I do, usually I try to just kind of process what God's been doing the last six months or a year or so. Um, but uh, so we're going to talk a lot about the kingdom of God living through you, through your giftings, through your capabilities. But since we're in the second service, I have a little more timing sort of perspective here. So jokes or no jokes? jokes. All right. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. So... Um, I got gas yesterday for $3.29. Too bad it was at Taco Bell. Huh? Huh? Okay. All right. (laughs) If Liar's Pants really did catch on fire, watching the news would be much more fun. I met a woman outside the mall... She was crying beside herself because she just lost $200. So I gave her $40 from the $200 I just found. (laughs) When God blesses you, you have to bless others, right? Um, Why did God, those of you parents, why did God create teenage years? So we'd know what it feels like to create something and then act as if you don't exist. There you go. All right. Um, so if you have your Bibles with you, turn to Psalms 115. And um, I'm going to read the scripture a little slower maybe than usual. Um, I really, I, I think the word of God, obviously, it's sharp. It's powerful. It impacts us. And in many ways, everything that I could say is trumped a thousand times by just reading the scriptures. Um, I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. Um, but please follow along if you don't have that. It's on the screen or your own, your own version you've got with you. It says, God, glorify your name. Yes, your name alone be glorified, not ours. For you are the one who loves us passionately, and you are faithful and true. Why should the unbelievers mock us, saying, where is this God of yours? But we know our God rules from the heavens. And he takes delight in all that he does. The unbelievers worship what they make, their wealth and their work. They idolize what they own and what they make with their hands. But their things can't talk to them or answer their prayers. Their possessions will never satisfy. Their futile faith in dead idols and dead works can never bring life or meaning to their souls. Blind men can only create blind things. Those deaf to God can only make a deaf image. Dead men can only create dead idols. And everyone who trusts in these powerless dead things will be just like what they worship, powerless and dead. Because in the end, you become what you worship. So trust in the Lord, all his people, for he is the only true hero. The wrap around God who is our shield You as priests, trust in the Lord, for he is the only true hero God wrapped around us as our shield. Yes, 
All his lovers who bow before him trust in the Lord, for he is our only true God. God wrapped around us as our shield. The Lord will never forget us in our need. He will bless us indeed. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron, his priest. Yes, he will bless his devoted lovers who bow before him, no matter who they are. God himself will fill you with more. Blessings upon blessings will be heaped upon you and, your ch and upon your children from the maker of heaven and earth, the very God who made you. The heavens belong to our God. They are his alone. But he has given us the earth and put us in charge. Dead people cannot praise the Lord, but we can. Those who sink to the silence of the grave can no longer give glory to God, but we can. So let's praise the Lord. And let it go on forever. Hallelujah. And praise the Lord. With every design, there's a designer. In our culture today, we have a tremendous amount of focus on the design. And while we, we love to enjoy, whether it's a beautiful song or a painting or any type of art, any type of creation... We, we think it's amazing to go partake in the design. But as a culture, we find it very difficult to contemplate and understand the designer. So what I want to share with you this morning is we're going to talk about man. We're going to talk about God living through you. And we're going to talk about, from my life, from my perspective, what do I believe God is hopefully saying and and how can you represent his kingdom? If I go back in my own life, um, I was 12 years old and um, came home from school one day. And my dad had kind of had a breakdown. So he packed everything in his closet and put it in his car and left. And we didn't know where he went. And so I had a brother, 15, he was three years older than I was. And we came home to this disaster in our living room. My mother was on the couch. She was beside herself. She truly was out of her mind at that point. And, um, you know, we're 12 and 15. We're like, how do we go to the grocery store? Like, what, what are we going to do? And um, I'll never forget that walked into our living room, walked a policeman. And there were several police that gotten called and they, were, they showed up. And this one officer was a man filled with the Holy Spirit. And in that environment, in that brokenness of that situation, he, he literally said, he said, I want everybody to grab hands. And, and he, we grabbed hands and he prayed. And he prayed over us. And I would tell you, he brought the kingdom of heaven to earth. Through his life, through his experience, through his love, he actually shared the kingdom of heaven in that environment. I believe that's what God gives all of us the opportunity to do. And I believe that's what his spirit really wants to accomplish through the giftings and the roles that you play on this planet. When God created man, man was the centerpiece of creation. 
Then God said, Genesis 1, 26 and 28, then God said, let us make man in our, mankind in our image according to our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the livestock, and over all the earth. And God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. I believe that when God created the earth, you know, the Garden of Eden was only one portion. I believe his intention was that Adam and Eve would have children, and they would expand that kingdom of God to the point where eventually his glory would fill the entire world. And that was his objective. And they walked with him and they talked with, with Jesus and with God, with the entire Trinity. They had the opportunity to engage. I don't think the design that God created man for has gone away. Now, the keys were lost when man fell to sin. But Jesus, through his redemptive act, got the keys back. And he's given those keys to you and to I for the role that we play here on this planet to expand his kingdom, to bring the power of the Holy Spirit through you engaging everyday life. So as we think about that, and then you, you try to couple it a bit with the, the book of Revelation, and people say, when I grew up in a more traditional setting, the belief was, well, man, we're just holding on. We're white-knuckling this thing, you know, till we hopefully get to the other side, and then it'll all be good. And I hate to say that, but that vision in my mind is way too limiting of the almighty God who created the entire world. He did not call us to come to know him and then to basically sit on our hands until we die. And things are just get worse and worse and worse and then rapture, you know, that will eventually be what God how God changes everything. And he will take us home. And he will create a new heaven and a new earth. And this earth will go away, yes. All those things are true. But he did not give us the, the, the responsibility after knowing him to do nothing about it. That doesn't mean that we allow everyday life and the sin that we are beset with on this planet to be undealt with. He said, occupy until I come. He said, greater works will you do because I go to the Father. Now stop and think about it. If you're one of the disciples, right, you're with Jesus every day, you're seeing incredible things, right? Food multiplied, blind people see, dead are raised, incredible miracles. And yet Jesus says, I'm leaving because it's better for you that I leave than if I stay. Because when I'm staying here, what I'm doing and the anointing that he put on people was how the Holy Spirit would act. But if I go, I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And he told the disciples, do not try to do this yourselves, boys and girls. Do not try to go out here and expand the kingdom of God without the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you will fail. But if the power of the Holy Spirit is working through you, the talents he's giving you, 
the skills he's given you, the relationships he's given you, the, the, the fact that you live in this day, in this time, he affords us the chance to partner with him and bring the kingdom into everyday life. So, man's job from creation, oops, was to expand God's kingdom and fill the earth with his glory. Jesus acted from the capacity of a man while he was God. Think about it. He's always been God. He always will be God. But he laid aside those heavenly attributes and he became like us, a man, to be an example. He was in all aspects like we are, showing us how to live in this world. So, as we think about how do we respond to this? How do we respond to the king wanting us to represent him every day? and the opportunity to partner with him. Well, you say, okay, I need to have faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, the word of God, there's the Logos word of God, scriptures, there's also the Rhema word of God, right? And in both situations, I believe, you need to be tapped into both sides. Because it doesn't say that faith comes by listening. We in the Western world think that if, I learned, if I've learned something, I've understood it. But that's not the Eastern mentality. The reality is to hear something, to truly hear it, means it becomes part of your being. It becomes part of your daily activities. It changes who you are and how you represent yourself in the world. If I truly hear something, then my life changes. We owe the world exposure to supernatural acts. We owe the world the opportunity to know a God who's beyond what they think or what they read. We owe the world the opportunity to engage with the creator of the universe through us. That's the opportunity that we, we, we are afforded. That's the excitement of being alive. Jesus said when he saw people struggle with him sharing, I am the son of God. He said, well, if you, you can't believe me, believe the miracles. I believe that God is still doing miracles. And as a matter of fact, a little audience participation here. If you have seen God do something in your life beyond what you could normally explain, raise your hand. Amen. Amen. Right? Now, I want you to think. I want you to think, those of you, I want you to think back on that environment. Right? What happened? Whether it was you got healed, whether it was, you know, you had a financial provision, um, whether it was, you know, you had an issue in your family, whether it was relationship-wise. But as you think about God doing something supernatural beyond something I can explain in normal human logic, tap into that. By the way, this isn't about me trying to create an emotional response in, to your, in your life to say, well, have better faith, have more faith. Faith's a gift. Did you know, repentance is a gift. 
Repentance, by the way, in, in some areas of Christendom is just believe, well, you know, here's what it says. It says this, and therefore I can, if I sin, it doesn't matter. I'll just, whatever. Repentance will always be there. Repentance is a gift. So as we consider how do we live this life out in the fullness of what God's created for us and what he wants us to do, what he wants us to be about. So he said, my sheep hear my voice. He said, Father, make them one just as you and I are one. Jesus is the firstborn from the dead, right? So there was the first Adam. Jesus is called, by the way, the last Adam, not the second Adam, because there won't be a third. So if you think about it, us tapping into our relationship with the Father is so crucial to seeing our lives be fruitful. Well, how do we do that? How, how does it, what does it look like in everyday life? There's a couple things that I want us to think about. All life, all life comes from intimacy. Think about it. It comes from intimacy. And intimacy, the enemy of intimacy is a busy schedule. You have to set aside time. It is that relationship with him. It's that you're pursuing him. That's crucial. There's another element of this that I think a lot about, um, you know, when the, the, the father brought a, uh, his son that was demon-possessed to the disciples and they couldn't cast him out. Remember the story? And um, you got to remember, he brought him to the professionals, right? Because outside of Jesus, these were the best guys on the planet. And so the father brings his tortured son to the disciples, and he says, please help me. Help my son. And they pray and they can't get him free. So Jesus comes back and they engage Jesus. And of course, he sets the young man free. Well, afterwards, um, the disciples pull Jesus aside. He said, Jesus, why couldn't we do it? And he said, well, this kind doesn't come except for by prayer and fasting. Right? Jesus didn't stop and fast when the young boy showed up. We fast out of circumstances. We fast for an event. We fast for situations. Jesus fasted out of a lifestyle. It's completely different. Fasting from a place of seeking his presence, of seeking to grow in the knowledge of him, of seeking to know him better, of going from glory to glory to glory because he said he would give us more. He said he would never leave us in our need. By the way, saying he'll give us more. And that what I love about Psalms 115, he says it three times, right? He's your hero, your wrap around shield in your life. That is who he is. Amen. And he says three times, I will bless you. And he says, you will never forget us in our time of need. Therefore, it doesn't mean that my life, if I know Jesus, will be always perfect. He didn't call us to that. 
The Western church, in many ways, we idolize security, and we idolize comfort and certainty. But our walk with God engages mystery. It engages mystery. It doesn't always happen the way you think it should. But he's there. He's with you. And you, if you have him as that constant hope, that constant engagement, his presence is what you seek and focus on, you'll know him. So, how do we hear God? Well, I would submit to you, you hear God's voice much clearer if you've already answered yes before you ask the question. If our hearts are truly surrendered to him, if we desire his best and we say, Jesus, I lay this in front of you. If our answer is yes, then the reality is we have a lot more tendency to hear. But if my answer is, why don't you tell me what you want to do and then I'll decide if I want to do that or not. That doesn't work so well. Because it's very hard to hear if your heart isn't surrendered. So, the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. Now, think about it. The disciples could have asked Jesus anything, right? They could have said, show us how to multiply the food. That would have been kind of cool, you know? Uh, hey, you know, you had a fish show up and give you a coin to pay your taxes. Oh, that's, that's pretty awesome, right? How about teach me how to make money? Or, hey, Jesus, you know, um, teach me how to have your heart. How, to, how, how, do I, how do I have this perspective of compassion that you have, right? In all the troubles that are around you, you had this peace and this passion that you're able to express. They asked him to, to teach them how to pray. Now, we call this in many areas, we call it, you know, the Lord's Prayer, right? But it really isn't the Lord's Prayer, because the reality is he didn't have to have, ask for forgiveness, right? Forgive us our debts. That he w- it was truly a model prayer for us, for us, for me, for you. And when he said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is how you engage with the Father. That is how you see him show up in your life. That's how you... Engage with your relationships as by seeing his kingdom come. We live because he speaks, because he talks. You know, thousands of people following Jesus, and, and then he, he did this sermon about eat my flesh, drink my blood, and thinned out pretty fast, <laughs> right? <laughs> so all of a sudden, you know, there's a lot fewer people around. And then he goes back to his disciples and he says, hey, are you going to stay too? Or are you leaving? What are you going to do? And Peter says, Jesus, you're the only one that has the words of life. I believe what he really meant by that in many ways was when you speak, we come alive. We live because he talks. We live because of who he is. So Jesus' commission in the end is our commission. Because he said, as the Father has sent me, 
I'm sending you. God allows questions into our lives to establish us in even greater truth of his goodness and his love from glory to glory. So when Satan tempted Eve in the garden, you know, a lot of people, well, it was about pride, it was about being like God. Yes, there's some truth to that. But the first thing that she did to tempt him was the phrase, did God say? If you begin to question the basic elements of who is God, is he good, right? What does he intend for me? That becomes a real struggle. When Jesus, after he was baptized and the Holy Spirit came upon him, and God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And after that event, shortly thereafter, the Holy Spirit leads him into the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted by the enemy. And what are the other elements that we see as a common strategy by the enemy is where he said to Jesus, if you are. If you are. So I believe, especially in our culture, those two elements, did God say, and if you are. Did God say that he is good? Did God say that he loves you? Did God say that you mean something to him? Did God say that your life is in his hands? Did God say that all things would work for good to those who love God? Who is he? What do you believe in your core? Because when stress happens, when a crisis takes place, that's when it all comes to the surface. And then, if you are. In today's environment, the simple aspect of believing in God, the designer behind the design, and then knowing who you are, your identity in him as a child of the king, as a representative to represent Jesus every day. Those are the cornerstones of truth. So God desires to put himself on display through you and through me every day, every day. He said, greater works will you do because I go to the Father. Now, some people will explain that away a little bit by saying, well, there's a lot more of us, so, you know, just numerically, of course it would be greater. But I don't believe that's the only explanation. You know, if you think about it, when the woman with the issue of blood came to Jesus, she touched the hem of his garment and was healed, right? Paul sent a handkerchief miles away and it healed people, right? When Peter was walking, you know, by the portico, his shadow healed somebody. So, I believe God's intention is for us as believers in 2022 to engage with heaven, to engage with him, and for his spirit to produce fruit through our lives, whatever that looks like. Because there's no fruit tree, if you think about it, God puts a huge priority on fruitfulness that we don't in some ways, right? We put a huge priority on activity. But he puts this incredible importance on fruitfulness. So what happens, John 15, it says that the branch 
that doesn't bear fruit, right? That he, he basically cuts it off. But those that bear fruit, he prunes it that it bears more fruit. Hmm. I don't know about you, in my life, you know, if things are going really, really well, I want them to keep going really, really well. <laughs> it, it's not a natural desire to say, oh, well, maybe I need to have some challenge in my life so that, frankly, I can grow further in my understanding of him. But in many ways, that is the mystery. That's why you have to constantly be tapped in to Jesus. That's why he desires, above all else, that we prioritize time with him. Because life comes out of intimacy. Life comes out of spending time with him. Insecurity is the evidence of security in the wrong place. So if you think about it, everything we do in life, I believe, comes out of either fear or love. So fear or love. When I'm angry, why am I angry? Many times it's out of insecurity, fear. My security is not in the right place. But the security we have in Jesus, the security of knowing you are the fathers, the security of knowing you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, and he wants to express himself through your life, through your relationships, through your business, through your children. He wants you to represent him. So, Jesus, one of his final prayers recorded, he was encouraging the church and helping the church understand that you need each other. Because it's not supposed to be a lone ranger act here. That's why he created the local church. That's why we get together on Sundays is to love each other, to encourage each other, to build relationship, and to share with one another, to, to, yes, challenge each other, to teach each other. And he said in John 17, 21 and 22, he said, I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. And I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognize that you sent me. For the very glory you have given to me, I have given to them so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. So, I love musicians. When Darren asked me to speak, I asked him if it was okay to invite Chris to lead worship. Chris and I have known each other for 25 years. And... Um, I love, this an amazing gift package that God put in him of, of leading worship. And in some ways, I think about each of us like we're an instrument, right? And, you know, I'm probably a hammer or something that's pretty dull, you know. <laughs> but, but whatever instrument you are, if you're a musical instrument, I ask God, God, play me. God, play me. Breathe your life through me. Breathe your spirit through me so that my life has impact, so that my life is instructive, so that my life creates fruit for you. You know, apple trees, I've never walked through a, a 
series of fruit trees and ever heard any of them straining to produce fruit. I've never heard them, in Jesus' name I claim it, you know, uh, but, but rather that apple tree, its roots are tapped into good soil and it takes the, 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 the rain and it basically comes back through the sap of the tree, back through that tree all the way out to the branches and to produce fruit. But it does so naturally. I believe we, we are called to produce fruit in that same way. It's just the natural outcome of who you are. It's nothing you're straining for. Because if you pray for somebody to be healed, guess what? It's not up to you to heal them. But we are the opportunity to pray for them and to engage heaven. And it's not about, you know, oh, I didn't have enough faith. You didn't have enough faith. It's not about you. It's about him. All he wants is for you to engage heaven and give the opportunity for the heaven to actually invade in that situation. Make no mistake, we live in a planet where there's a lot of stuff going on that are, that's challenging. And again, people love the design. They don't like to talk to the designer right now. Introduce them to the designer. Because whatever they're going through in their life, lean into them. Um, I'm going to ask the band to come up. Um, we're going to sing another song. I was friend of mine kind of sharing his heart and he said that he, he asked the Lord one time said Jesus why do we sing the same phrase over and over and over and over again <laughs> at church and he felt like immediately he got the response back was like well that's the only time you're really procla proclaiming truth over yourself again and again and again and again so worship is the opportunity for you to proclaim over your life these truths Proclaim over your life who God is. Proclaim that into your circumstance. Proclaim that into your situation in your life. So uh, we're going we're gonna to sing Waymaker here in a minute. And, you know, I, I don't know how many, that song was written by a Nigerian woman. And in her walk with Jesus, this is one of the gifts he gave her in this expression. So this morning... I'm going to ask you to tap into heaven. I'm going to ask you to allow the sap of the Holy Spirit that flows through that tree and produces that fruit. It's that same Holy Spirit that flows through you to produce fruit out of your life. That's what he wants to do. Now, there may be some here that you don't know Jesus. You don't know Jesus like that. It's a lordship. It's a given everything you have to him. It's an understanding that he gave his life and he rose from the dead the third day so that that sacrifice is paid and now he's taken the keys and he's given them back to you. If you don't know Jesus, I would encourage you to come up here. Come up front, we'll pray with you. But besides that, if, if you want to see God, if you need a miracle, if you need something in your body or relationally or financially or anything in your life that you would like prayer for, I want you to come as we sing this song. I'm going to ask everybody, everybody to stand. Yes. He is the way maker. He is the promise keeper. He is the light in all darkness. That is who he is. So Jesus, this morning, I pray, Father, 
over all my brothers and sisters, Father, that they would see you as the way maker. They would see you as light in any darkness. We pray, Father, for breakthrough. We pray for breakthrough, financial miracles to happen to the people in this room. Father, I pray that we would see things happen. We'd open our eyes to your spirit and your presence. Father, I pray for healing. God, even this week, may we seek your heart, Father. And I pray for divine, supernatural, unexplainable healing throughout the people in this congregation. Father, I ask you that relationships to be restored, Father. I pray for prodigals to come back home. I pray for marriages, Father, to be restored. I pray for love to be espoused. I pray for a grace that is so much greater than all our sin. Father, help us to see that where sin abounded, grace abounded so, so much more. Help us to look to you, Lord. Help us to look to you. May our love for you grow deeper, Father, to grow deeper. May we go from glory to glory as your kingdom comes to earth through us. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed.